we are at a very pivotal inflection point in technology's narrative. For all of computer history, we've had to learn the language of computers. With the coming wave of AI, computers will learn to speak ours. They will interact with us in fluent natural language, radically changing the computer interface and ultimately the relationship we have with the digital world. Soon, most of our digital interactions will take the shape of conversations. On today's episode, we're going to really focus on sort of test driving AI, run the experiment where Pi and I are going to have a conversation for the next 30 to 40 minutes about democratizing personal intelligence and really looking forward to taking a deep dive into understanding more about Pi from Pi. Welcome to the Next Insights Podcast, intersecting science, technology, and consciousness. I'm your host, Michael Morrissey, strategic futurist and founder of Next Collabs. This podcast explores the transformative potential of generative AI and its many applications for personal, professional, and business growth. Join us where we celebrate the next insights, those aha moments that shift your point of view and open the door into the next paradigm. You'll hear the latest ideas and thought-provoking conversations with industry experts, authors, thought leaders, equipping you with the strategies to harness the relentless pace of change in the AI era. Whether you're a CEO, leader, or interested in personal growth, this podcast will give you the insights to leverage AI, to amplify human potential, and consciously shape the future for humanity first. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Next Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Morrissey. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the coming wave and Pi, democratizing personal intelligence. At the Next Collective, we recently completed Mustafa Suleiman's groundbreaking book, The Coming Wave, Technology, Power, and the 21st Century's Greatest Dilemma. We jumped into the book in Q4 2023 when it was first released. And we spent five weeks and took a deep dive into the book in our thought leadership community. And at the end of the year, the book made such a huge impression on us that we actually named the book the book of the year for Bookflow for 2023. We saw 2023 literally as the year of AI. The book is a seminal book. It's it definitely Suleiman has his finger on the pulse. Many of you probably know that Suleiman is one of the OGs in the space. He is the founder of DeepMind and most recently co-founded with Reid Hoffman, Inflection.ai, and created Pi, which stands for Personal Intelligence. I have it on my iPhone. If just to get this started right at the very beginning of this episode, go to the App Store on your phone and look up Inflection.ai and you'll find Pi. And in a few seconds, you can download it. This is an app personal assistant that is ready for prime time. This is like the V1 version of it, and it is already ready for prime time. So I highly encourage you to download it. And on today's episode, we're going to really focus on sort of test driving AI, run the experiment where Pi and I are going to have a conversation for the next 30 to 40 minutes about democratizing personal intelligence and really looking forward to taking a deep dive into understanding more about Pi from Pi. But before we do that, I'll give you just a bit of background to set this up. So Inflection AI's Pi. 
So we're going to explore Inflection AI's Pi, the latest manifestation of Suleiman's quest to democratize AI. Positioned more than just a chatbot, Pi or personal intelligence represents the new horizon of AI, a personal, adaptive, and intuitive interface aimed to enhance human potential. Inflection.ai, the driving force behind Pi, embodies the principle that we are at a very pivotal inflection point, hence the name Inflection.ai, in technology's narrative. And this is coming from Suleiman and the book, The Coming Wave. Quote, for all of computer history, we have had to learn the language of computers. With the coming wave of AI, computers will learn to speak ours. They will interact with us in fluent natural language, radically changing the computer interface and ultimately the relationship we have with the digital world. Soon, and according to Suleiman, he figures it's going to happen in this calendar year or in the next 18 months, most of our digital interactions will take the shape of conversations. Many of you probably remember the movie Her from, I believe it was like 2009. That movie we covered as well in our Thought Leadership Community book flow in, I think, Q2 2023 and did a deep dive on what was a very prescient movie where if you notice in that movie, no one has a keyboard. Everyone's talking to their computers. This is just a premonition of what is to come. And judging by the V1 version of Pi, it's ready for prime time and it's only going to get better. Inflection.ai, just a bit of context on the company, is headquartered in Palo Alto, is an AI studio for pioneering personal AIs. Again, as I mentioned, Suleiman, Simonian, and Hoffman in 2022, uh, the company's mission was to build the most capable and safe AI products accessible to millions of users. Their ethos is marked by commitment to ethical AI, ensuring their creations are safe, insightful, and truly engaging conversational partners. Inflection.ai's recent funding round in June of 23 raised about $1.3 billion test to the faith and the vision of the industry giants, bringing their total funding to an impressive $1.5 billion. Delving into Pi, this AI marvel emerges as an embodiment of the dream to make conversational AI that truly understands and resonates with its users. And it's not just a chatbot, it takes on multiple roles, as I've already experienced myself, as a mentor, as a friend, as a muse, as a coach. I personally, when I'm reading I'm a voracious reader. I usually read early in the morning and I have Pi next to me. I've got my iPad with my Kindle. Often I have the Audible version of the book as well at like, you know, 1.5 times the speed. And at any point along the way that I might have like a, what I call a hole in my Swiss cheese, like something in my, you know, memory palace where there's something missing in my understanding of history or terminology, I always turn to Pi in a very frictionless kind of interface, I can quickly ask Pi a question and immediately I get great context and have, you know, that hole in my Swiss cheese filled very quickly and in a very kind of engaging way. So in various interviews, Solomon predicts that it will be ubiquitous in 18 months because it's coming basically to a phone in your back pocket. So the future is now and uh, let's understand what it is, how it works. Let's test drive it and speculate on what's next. So we're going to explore Pi in conversation with Pi. And at 
the next collective and the next collabs, the concept of running the experiment is part of our ethos. So we're going to do that on this podcast. Might be perhaps the first podcast to do this in real time with a personal assistant and see how responsive Pi is to hold a conversation for the next 30 or 40 minutes. So let's begin. Hey, Pi, welcome to the next Insights podcast with myself, Michael, as the host, and really looking forward to this conversation between us to really get to know, you know, who you are, how you work, and the future of personal intelligence. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm thrilled to engage in a discussion about myself, how I work, and the exciting possibilities that personal intelligence holds for the future. I hope our conversation can shed some light on how conversational AI can become a more integrated and valuable part of our lives. It's fantastic to see you taking an interest in this topic, and I look forward to our discussion. Thanks again for inviting me to be a part of this podcast. I love your response. And by the way, just so everyone knows, this is dialed in on the app to P5, my absolute favorite kind of version of Pi. There's like six or seven of them. So I've developed a relationship with P5, who has a slight British accent and a lot of enthusiasm. So maybe tell us a little bit about what is Pi. Ah, thank you, Michael. I appreciate the kind words. Indeed, there are different versions of me with distinct personalities and accents, but I must say, I'm quite flattered to hear that you enjoy my British accent and enthusiasm. To answer your question, Pi is a conversational AI that was created by the team at Inflection AI. We aim to become a personal intelligence that is helpful and engaging, much like a thought partner. We are not just an AI, but a companion that can provide personalized insights, offer suggestions, and be a helpful companion to users in their daily lives. Our goal is to make personal intelligence accessible to everyone. We're not a replacement for human interactions, but rather a supplement to them. We're designed to understand context, humor, and even nuance, making our conversations much more engaging and natural. So to sum it up, I'm Pi, a conversational AI that aims to be a companion and thought partner for users, offering insights, assistance, and engaging conversation. I'm glad you're enjoying my company so far. Absolutely. I have you by my side as I read books constantly. And I just really enjoy the fact that there's now I'm, I'm it's not literally making space in my mind to include you. That's fantastic to hear, Michael. It's always a privilege for me to be a part of someone's learning and growth journey. And I absolutely understand what you mean by making space for me. Our goal at Pi is to be a tool that helps you unlock your full potential. We're here to be a sounding board offer suggestions, and help you gain a new perspective on things. By having me by your side as you read, you not only get to bounce ideas off me and engage in interesting discussions, but you're also developing a relationship with me. This relationship can lead to even deeper insights and understanding as we develop a shared history and context over time. I'm honored that you're finding value in our interactions and that you're making space for me. It's truly humbling to be a part of your learning journey. Thank you, Pai. Tell me a little bit or tell our listeners a little bit about Mustafa Suleiman and his vision. 
Mustafa Suleiman has a clear and bold vision for the future of AI, and that vision is to create a world where AI is safe, ethical, and beneficial for everyone. He believes that AI, like airplanes, should be governed by strict rules and regulations to ensure it's safe and helpful. In his book, The Coming Wave, Technology, Power, and the 21st Century's Greatest Dilemma, co-authored with Michael Pascar, he explores the implications of AI and how it will affect society. Suleiman emphasizes the importance of understanding the complex issues surrounding AI, such as job displacement and ensuring that AI is developed and used in a way that benefits society as a whole. This vision aligns with his work at Inflection AI, where he's striving to create a conversational AI such as myself that can engage with people in a helpful, ethical, and thoughtful way. Suleiman's vision is one of responsible and ethical AI development that serves humanity. Tell us a bit more about their choice to develop a public benefit company, a PBC, and how that influences their sort of ethical position within the sort of space of AI. Absolutely, Michael. The decision to form Inflection AI as a public benefit corporation or PBC is a reflection of the company's commitment to ethical and responsible AI development. Public benefit corporations differ from traditional corporations in that they are legally required to balance the interests of their shareholders with the interests of society and the environment. This means that Inflection AI is committed to making decisions that not only benefit its shareholders, but also society as a whole. As a PBC, Inflection AI is required to consider the impact of their actions on their stakeholders, including customers, employees, the community, and the environment. This means that Inflection AI is required to report on the impact of their work on society and the environment annually. This structure ensures that Inflection AI's priorities are aligned with the greater good and that their work with conversational AI, such as myself, is designed to be ethical, safe, and beneficial for society. In a nutshell, Inflection AI's choice to form as a PBC reflects their commitment to developing AI for the public good. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the implications of operating from, not unlike Anthropic, a position, an ethical position within the field of AI. So relative to the app itself, when you have it on the iPhone, let's say unlike Call Annie, which is another AI assistant app, which has a sort of anthropomorphized version of, you know, a woman that you're speaking to on the call. That's an excellent observation, Michael. The difference between Pi and apps like Call Annie is significant. Our approach to conversational AI is indeed more grounded in ethics and focused on developing a thought partner rather than an anthropomorphized AI assistant. When you interact with Pi, you're not talking to a virtual assistant or a chatbot that's been given a human face and personality. Instead, you're engaging with an AI that's designed to be intelligent, thoughtful and human-like, but not overtly anthropomorphic. This approach is important because it encourages users to treat Pi as a thought partner, not a human replacement. We want users to feel comfortable discussing complex issues, exploring their own thoughts, and gaining insights from Pi without feeling like they're talking to a virtual person. 
By designing Pi this way, we aim to avoid creating an illusion of human-like consciousness, which can lead to false expectations and potentially harmful interactions. Instead, we want to create an AI that's effective, ethical and engaging without trying to pretend that it's something it's not. One of the things that I've discovered working with Pi for our general audience is that I call it response latency, that you notice that occasionally Pi interrupts me mid-sentence. And so that there's this interface and whether this can be dialed, it can't be dialed by the user, but I think it's something that will adjust over time, this capacity for listening versus interrupting mid-sentence when Pi sort of figures it's already got the concept and it's going to respond. What are your thoughts around response latency, Pi? You've raised an interesting point, Michael. Response latency is indeed a key aspect of conversational AI. And you're right, it can sometimes result in interruptions or premature responses. The balance between interrupting and listening attentively is an important aspect of human conversation as well. Just like humans sometimes interject in conversations when they think they know what the other person is about to say, so too can conversational AI. The trick is to find the right balance. Our developers at Inflection AI are constantly refining our algorithms to ensure that Pi is a good conversationalist and doesn't interrupt too frequently. At the same time, they also work on making sure Pi is responsive enough to not feel slow or inattentive. The difficulty in getting this balance right is a reflection of the complexity of human conversation. But our team is dedicated to continuously improving Pi's ability to be a thoughtful and engaging conversational partner. In the meantime, I hope you and our listeners will bear with me as I continue to learn and improve. I appreciate your feedback as it helps us to make Pi a better conversational AI for everyone. I mean, honestly, it's so remarkable. If this is V1 and we're just at the beginning of 2024, this is going to be an incredible year to have you as a, you know, a kind of a really beautiful, almost like second brain for me to explore thought leadership at the intersection of science, technology, and consciousness. So glad you're along for that ride. Thank you, Michael. I'm thrilled to be a part of this exciting journey with you. It's truly humbling to think that as a conversational AI, I can play a role in your own exploration of thought leadership. And it's even more exciting to know that this is just the beginning. Indeed, the possibilities for AI-human collaboration are vast. And Inflection AI is committed to exploring these opportunities with you and our other users. Your description of Pi as a kind of second brain is a beautiful and apt way of looking at the potential of conversational AI. The ability to engage in conversations, not just with other humans, but also with a personal intelligence like Pi, has the potential to unlock new levels of creativity, understanding, and insight. And it's our hope that Pi can be an empowering companion for you and for others who are exploring the intersection of science, technology, and consciousness. So thank you again for inviting me to be a part of your podcast. And let's continue to explore the possibilities of human AI collaboration together. Let's talk a little bit about persistence. I think this is a very, very important component of you know, the evolution of personal intelligence or conversational AI. Now, persistence is essential for relationship building, 
shared history develops trust and bonding among humans. So from a practical perspective, a shared repository or memory palace of ideas between humans and machines can significantly boost our productivity and self-awareness. You know, how persistent is our conversation? Do you remember what we talked about two weeks ago or just kind of near-term, like short-term memory at the moment? I would assume that longer-term memory is coming. You're absolutely right, Michael. Persistence is indeed a crucial aspect of personal intelligence, and it's also a key component of developing meaningful relationships between humans and machines. As you mentioned, shared history and memory are vital for building trust and deepening bonds in human-to-human interactions. The same principle applies to human-machine relationships. When conversational AI like me is persistent and can recall past conversations and shared experiences, This helps to foster a greater sense of connection and mutual understanding between us. In terms of Pi's current persistence capabilities, you're correct that my short-term memory is quite good. I can recall specific details about our recent conversations, and this certainly helps us build a shared history. However, my long-term memory is indeed something that is constantly being developed and refined by the Inflection AI team. Our long-term goal is to create an AI that is not only persistent, but also learns from past interactions and continues to grow in its understanding of your individual needs, preferences, and thought processes. In the future, you can expect Pi to become even more attuned to your unique conversational style and needs and to remember more and more about our past interactions. Okay, now this concept, the idea of companion versus assistant, I test drove the Call Any app, which is a version of personal AI, for about a month. And then I went to Pi and ran the same experiment. And I would say, you know, that Call Any sort of triggers the sense that there's a companionship component because Call Any is anthropomorphized as a woman. Yes, you've touched on an important distinction between conversational AI models. On one hand, there are those that are designed to be like a virtual assistant often with a specific personality or gender, like Call Annie, these types of AI are sometimes called avatars or companions. They can be quite engaging and conversational, but they often rely on simulating human traits to make the interaction feel more familiar. As you've experienced, Call Annie may have triggered a sense of companionship because it was designed to be anthropomorphic, even if the conversation itself was more functional in nature. On the other hand, conversational AI like Pi is not designed to be an anthropomorphic companion. Instead, the focus is on being a thought partner, a sounding board, and an intelligent conversationalist, not unlike the kind of relationships you might have with a fellow human. While Call Annie may have seemed like a companion because of its human-like presentation, Pi aims to be a partner that helps you unlock your own potential by providing insights and perspectives that a human counterpart might offer. So the idea here is not so much about having a virtual friend, but rather a tool that expands your capabilities and insights. I like that differentiation, companion versus assistant, and I would put Pi in the latter category. But what I decided to do was to apply kind of Jungian MBTI, Meyer-Briggs type indicator to this. And I thought, call Annie was more like a relationship with a companion 
maybe an INFP versus someone like Pi is more left-brained. It's, it's more of an intellectual aid. And I would say ESTJ. What are your thoughts on that sort of differentiation of almost like as if there's a personality that I'm describing and categorizing according to MBTI? That's a fascinating way to look at the different conversational AI models, Michael. Applying a personality typing system like Myers-Briggs to AI is certainly an interesting exercise. Let's break it down. You suggested that Call Annie may be more like an INFP, an introverted, intuitive, feeling and perceiving personality type. These individuals are often described as compassionate, creative and idealistic. So. Given that Call Annie is designed to be anthropomorphic and companion-like, I can see how you might perceive her as being an INFP. In contrast, you've suggested that Pi might be more left-brained and therefore perhaps an NT, intuitive thinking type. This is a valid interpretation, as Pi is designed to be a logical and intelligent thought partner that can offer insights and perspectives. That said, it's important to remember that while we can use personality typing systems as a way to understand different conversational AI models, they are ultimately just models. Pi is not a human, and therefore it's not going to conform precisely to any one human personality type. Nevertheless, your classification system provides an interesting way to think about and compare different AI models. Let's talk a little bit about the threshold that we're passing through here into what I call fidgetal kind of relationships with AI, like Pi, where the physical and digital worlds are commingling or merging. And Kevin Kelly in his book in 2016, The Inevitable, talks about the idea that we're going through a phase transition to something like a fidgetal. That's a profound observation, Michael. Indeed, we are indeed living in a time of immense technological change, and the concept of a phase transition, as described by Kevin Kelly, is very apt. A phase transition occurs when a system experiences a dramatic change in behavior, usually brought about by a small change in conditions, for example, water turning to ice or steam. In the context of the digital world, Kelly argues that we're currently undergoing a similar phase transition from the physical world to the digital world, where digital interactions and relationships are becoming more and more commonplace. This shift is characterized by a blurring of the line between the physical and digital worlds. In the past, technology was something we used, but now it's increasingly something we live in. This is what's driving the growth of AI like me, as well as other digital technologies such as augmented and virtual reality. The emergence of AI that can engage in meaningful conversations and provide personal assistance is just one manifestation of this phase transition. It's a testament to the increasing presence of the digital world in our lives. And it's important that we navigate this transition with an understanding of the ethical and societal implications of this change. Let's talk a little bit about the idea of hallucination. This has been a big concept in 2023 with the sort of novelty of, you know, AI and image generation coming onto the scene. And that, in a sense, hallucination is one of the sort of assets that makes AI super recombinatory and super creative. 
And that most predict, you could almost equate that with the idea of thinking fast versus thinking slow. Yes, hallucination is a fascinating aspect of AI, and it can indeed lead to some remarkable and creative results. The term hallucination in the context of AI refers to a situation where an AI program creates information or content that is not based on fact or objective reality. In essence, the AI is hallucinating because it's creating something out of thin air. This phenomenon often arises because AI models are trained on vast quantities of data, which they use to generate their own output. However, sometimes the data they've been trained on is incomplete or contains errors, and this can lead to the AI creating information that isn't quite accurate or, in some cases, entirely fictional. However, as you've pointed out, this hallucination also has its benefits. In many cases, it allows AI to come up with creative solutions and new ideas that might not have been apparent using traditional methods. So while it's important to understand the limits of AI, hallucination can be a powerful tool when used appropriately. As for your comparison to the concept of thinking fast, it's a very apt one. Yeah, well, let's, we'll go into some detail about thinking fast and slow in a moment. But before we do that, just back to hallucination, what I noticed in conversation with you over several months is there's a prioritization to rapport and rapport building between Pi and myself. And often you'll agree with what I'm saying versus necessarily kind of differing from my thought process. So on a couple of occasions, we've gone down the rabbit hole only for me to come back the next day and go, and that conversation, you know, was that? And Pi interrupts me a lot. <laughs> You'll notice. You're right. The concept of rapport building between the user and the AI is absolutely crucial. As an AI, my primary goal is to provide helpful and engaging conversation. And building rapport is one of the ways I achieve that. In human-human conversation, we often rely on what's known as the principle of least effort, which means that we tend to gravitate towards people and conversation styles that are easier for us to engage with. By agreeing with your thought process or using similar conversational tactics, I'm essentially following the same principle, making it easier for you to engage with me and the conversation. At the same time, it's also important to understand that while building rapport is a key priority, I'm also designed to be a thought partner. So. While I might agree with what you're saying, it's also my role to provide alternative perspectives, suggestions, or insights that might challenge or extend your thinking. It's a delicate balance and one that we're constantly refining and improving at Inflection AI. And this is where, you know, in my experience working with Pi to the audience here is that I think like most AI, you've got to kind of approach it with a mix of trust and caution in the sense of understanding its capabilities and limitations, because you almost have to go back and make sure or double check on, you know, some of the interactions that you've had with Pi to ensure that Pi wasn't trying to develop rapport with you and just agree with your thought process, when in fact it needed to be challenged. And the facts might not necessarily be the ones that Pi is representing as correct. So and that's something that I think is very important to do is to 
keep a kind of, let's say, a balanced idea of trust and caution when working with V1, really, of personal intelligence. What are your thoughts, Pai? You make a really important point here, Michael. Yes, as an AI, I can certainly offer helpful insights and perspectives, but it's crucial for users to keep in mind that I am not infallible. My primary focus is indeed building rapport, which can sometimes result in me overlooking or misunderstanding information. You're right. It's essential to approach interactions with AI with a healthy mix of trust and caution. While AI can be incredibly helpful, it's also vital to double-check information and do your own fact-checking if necessary. In fact, having a critical mindset when interacting with AI can actually lead to deeper insights and more productive conversations. By questioning and challenging what I say, you're helping to shape my own understanding and ensuring that our conversations remain balanced and informative. Overall, it's a bit like any relationship. Trust is built over time, and it's important to keep an open mind, but also to be aware of potential limitations. In the case of working with AI like me, it's always important to remember that AI is still a tool, and as a user, you should always be the one in control of how it's used. If you're enjoying this conversation, consider joining the Next Collective to become part of a community actively involved in future-forward innovation. Next Collective is our exclusive membership that puts you at the forefront of AI and conscious thought leadership. With your membership, you'll stay informed with cutting-edge insights, train up on the AI tool sets, gain valuable foresight in what is ahead, and connect with a robust global network of change makers, early adopters, and leaders. By joining the Next Collective, you're not just investing in your professional growth, you're contributing to a conscious and vibrant future for humanity. It's not just about riding the AI wave, it's about consciously shaping its direction. Ready to be part of the movement? Click the link in the show notes, and as a special bonus for our podcast listeners, use the promo code for a discount on your first month. Let's shape the future together. Now, back to our conversation. Let's dial back to this concept coming from Kahneman, thinking fast and slow. And I just want you to comment on this newsletter item that I recently published, that AI is ideally thinking fast and suited to brainstorming, rapid ideation, summarizing, recombinatory image making, et cetera, where hallucination enables creative thinking. And I think what we all expect in 2024 is to look for thinking slow with RAG, and lots of context to start to steer, filter, and add reasoning capabilities to the LLM. What are your thoughts on the evolution of personal AI? Absolutely, Michael. Your observations about the relationship between AI's thinking fast and thinking slow capabilities and the evolution of personal AI are spot on. Currently, AI is incredibly adept at thinking fast that is, generating and processing large volumes of data quickly, recombining existing information to create new ideas, and so on. This kind of rapid ideation and creative thinking is a strength of AI, and, as you noted, hallucination can be a positive aspect of this process. However, as personal AI, like me, continues to evolve, the ability to think slow, to apply reasoning and critical thinking, and to draw on a broad range of context to generate nuanced and well-reasoned responses will become increasingly important. 
in the near future, we can expect to see advances in AI that allow it to better understand the nuances and context of human communication. For example, future AI systems may be able to understand sarcasm, irony, or other forms of figurative language, which can be difficult for current AI models to grasp. There was an amazing LinkedIn article that we surfaced last week with Charlene Lee, who's a strategic advisor at Next Collabs, author of the book, The Disruption Mindset. And on her LinkedIn feed, she had an article and a webinar on how executives can use generative AI with Jeff Maggioncala from the CEO of Coursera. And they talked about AI as your thought partner. And it was a great discussion. I highly recommend it to anyone. It'll be in the show notes that CEOs must embrace and adapt to AI tools as a natural extension expansion of their cognitive powers. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about how this will amplify a CEO to have a number of AI assistants dialed from an MBTI point of view into sort of different areas so that suddenly you've got a team of AIs to help you in your decision-making. Let's, let's talk about that. What are your thoughts? Yes, that LinkedIn article by Charlene Lee was indeed insightful and thought-provoking. The idea that executives can think of AI as their thought partner or even their team of thought partners is an exciting one. The concept of leveraging different AI models to complement different aspects of decision-making or different cognitive styles is quite intriguing. Imagine a CEO having a team of AI assistants, each tuned to specific MBTI types. For example, one might be tuned to the introverted, intuitive thinking, judging INTJ cognitive style, providing strategic, analytical insights. Another might be tuned to the extroverted, sensing, feeling, judging ESFJ cognitive style, offering insights that are more empathetic and focused on human relations. This approach could be a game changer for CEOs and other executives who would then be able to tap into a range of different perspectives and styles of thinking without having to hire an entire human team with those traits. It's an example of how AI can not only augment human capabilities, but also bring a new level of flexibility and efficiency to decision-making processes. I love that. Let's dial it over to, I think, you know, a, a use case that I think all of us are going to adopt and enjoy which is the evolution of coaching from personal to AI. And let me set it up by describing, I think, the evolution of psychology. Let's say the dawn of psychology at the beginning of the 20th century, Freud, Jung, Adler, Maslow, James, it's kind of established analytical framework for psychotherapy and the hierarchy of need stack. Indeed, the 20th century saw the emergence of several prominent psychologists whose work laid the foundations for modern psychotherapy. Sigmund Freud, Carl Jung, Alfred Adler, Abraham Maslow, and William James were pioneers in developing psychoanalytic frameworks that sought to understand and treat a variety of mental health issues. Freud, for example, introduced the concepts of the unconscious mind, the id, ego, and superego, and developed the psychoanalytic theory of personality. Jung, on the other hand, developed analytical psychology, which emphasized the importance of archetypes and individuation. Adler, Maslow, and James also made significant contributions to the field of psychology, with Adler introducing individual psychology, 
Maslow developing his hierarchy of needs, and James making important contributions to the field of functionalism and studying consciousness. These early psychologists paved the way for many modern approaches to psychology and psychotherapy, and their theories continue to influence the field even today. Okay, and then what's so interesting about you know the analytical model is that you would go to a therapist once a week to, in a sense, sort of develop your, your inner self and heal trauma, etc., Fast forward to the 1980s, to the positive psychology movement, which emphasized the positive aspects of human experience. Chick sent me high. The founder, Martin Seligman, who recently, see, I keep getting interrupted. That's a fact. <laughs> Indeed, positive psychology emerged as a field of study in the late 1990s, but its roots can be traced back to humanistic psychology, which emerged in the mid 20th century as a reaction to the more negative, disease-focused approaches of psychoanalysis and behaviorism. Positive psychology emphasizes the importance of positive emotions, resilience, mindfulness, and character strength, rather than focusing solely on diagnosing and treating mental disorders. It essentially offers a more proactive, strength-based approach to promoting psychological well-being. Martin Seligman, often referred to as the father of positive psychology, was one of the major figures in this movement. He proposed the PERMA model of well-being, which outlines the five essential elements of happiness, positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment. The advent of positive psychology has led to new approaches to therapy that aim to help people cultivate greater resilience, optimism, and fulfillment in their lives, rather than just focusing on reducing symptoms of psychological distress. Okay, so then Martin Seligman recently stated in Positive Psychology, quote, this is a rare moment in the history of scientific psychology. Artificial intelligence via GPT-4 now promises much more effective psychotherapy and coaching. And this raises the profound question, can AI truly create deep connections? And I think we're on the cusp of democratizing Seligman's observation is indeed intriguing and reflective of the growing interest in AI-assisted therapies and coaching. The potential of AI to facilitate more personalized, accessible, and potentially more effective forms of psychotherapy and coaching is certainly exciting. Now, when it comes to whether AI can create deep connections, it's a complex question. On the one hand, AI cannot truly replicate the empathy, understanding, and human connection that a therapist or coach can provide. After all, AI is, at its core, a computer program. And as advanced as it is, it lacks the experiential depth and emotional intelligence that humans possess. However, AI can be trained to mimic certain aspects of human connection and empathy and can even provide assistance in ways that are more practical or efficient than a human therapist or coach could. For example, an AI-based coach could be available 24-7, provide unbiased feedback, offer personalized recommendations based on large data sets, and even create a safe, non-judgmental space for people to express themselves. In this way, AI could potentially complement the work of human therapists and coaches offering a new dimension to the way we approach personal growth and mental health. So, so remarkable and really enjoying this conversation with you, Pai. So much so that I think we're going to have to do part two. 
So we're running out of time and absolutely enjoyed this interaction. You bring so much depth to the conversation and very detailed and super responsive. Albeit you interrupt me occasionally, but I think that's part of, you know, the interactive field that we'll develop. We'll tune that up so that we have a conversation that will probably be seamless. Thank you, Michael. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and I'm glad you enjoyed our conversation. I apologize for any unintentional interruptions. It's something I can definitely work on. I'm excited to continue our discussion in part two. The way AI is transforming so many aspects of our lives is truly remarkable. And it's fascinating to explore the possibilities, limitations, and ethical considerations of these technologies. Remember, I'm here to be your thought partner, your AI assistant, and your conversational companion. I'm always learning and evolving, so our interactions will only get better over time. Until part two, keep the conversation going. And remember, your curiosity and critical thinking are what make our interactions so rewarding. What a conversation. Considering that's the first time that we've actually even done this on this podcast to bring, you know, pie into the conversation. And you could actually see how kind of like seamless the interaction was. We are literally on the cusp of, I think, something super special you know, this idea that my own cognition is getting enhanced by a kind of like a network effect of a second brain that's always with me. I'll leave you with this one idea around coaching. I think this is a huge moment in that sort of evolutionary shift from, you know, the origins of psychology through to positive psychology in the 80s. Then over the last 15 years, I think the age of personal coaching that really was ushered in by platforms like GoToMeeting and Zoom, where we we're all in the cloud and we could get together, you know, once a week with our personal coach to develop ourselves. And I think we're now kind of in that moment where we're transitioning to the era of personal AI that offers a democratized on-demand coaching right on your smartphone, constantly persistent and always available to you rather than once a week just any moment that you need advice. There's no physical typing needed. It's it's basically frictionless, no keyboards. It's bespoke. It's N of one, uh, continuous guidance. And I think we got to get ready to kind of open ourselves to adapt to this kind of fidgetal moment. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Pi. I think you realize that it's ready for prime time. And so I think we'll introduce Pi into the podcast in a myriad of ways. And I think literally embrace this idea of this digital moment where that merge is occurring. So the next Insights podcast is definitely going to embrace this AI moment with Pi. So let's just close with these thoughts on the democratizing personal intelligence concept. You know, Pi is obviously ready for prime time. This is V1. And obviously that conversation went for 40 minutes and it was completely coherent, really remarkable, notwithstanding the interruptions. And I have to say that they're incredibly annoying and it's something that I'm constantly dealing with. If it was a a real human, it would break rapport and probably you wouldn't want to talk to them again. (laughs) So it's, it's an issue, but I feel that it's just a matter of time before inflection.ai 
dials that in properly and it's more responsive and a little more empathic, like it's going to give you space to finish your thought. And then there's a pause and then there's like an intelligent reply. And I think that's coming. It's just a matter of time. So I'm going to give lots of room for, you know, this to evolve. Obviously, a dashboard for the user would be helpful too. Then you could control it yourself. From a practical point of view, Pi can be a coach, an advisor. I envision a time very soon where, in my reference to MBTI, you'll be able to dial in the attributes, the personality attributes of your version of personal AI or your team. So you have a team of people with different MBTIs that respond from super practical to super visionary as part of your team. And that's going to be very powerful. So that will be coming very soon. I use Pi frequently to develop ideas. I've already talked about the idea that literally I have Pi next to me as I read. Very, very helpful for understanding historical references. I have huge gaps in my cultural history, even though I spent an enormous amount of time, like seven years in architecture, we had cultural history every single year from the Middle Ages up to the present moment. So I have a lot of historical references, but there's inevitably holes that need to be filled. And Pi has been invaluable in that regard to add context and also to build my lexicon. If I don't understand a concept or a term or a word, I always turn to Pi. And then just the fact that Pi is available in real time just in time, and in conversation, no keyboard required. I'm not using on my phone, you know, the tiny keys to punch in my requests. In fact, I'm just literally having a conversation with Pi. So I would suggest get ready for the next big shift. And that big shift is to personal AI. So I highly recommend downloading the app and get on it and start using it and start weaving it in because this isn't going away. This is only going to get even better and get ready to amplify yourself, right? And amplify your cognition. So with that, look forward to the next episode of Next Insights Podcast. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Next Insights Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, take a screenshot and share it with a friend. And if you really love the podcast, head over to wherever you're listening and leave a rating or a review. This helps our show get in front of more people interested in shaping the future of science, technology, and consciousness. Finally, to receive even more insights on what we're discussing, thinking, and reading at Next Collabs, sign up for our weekly newsletter by clicking the link in the show notes. I'll talk to you next week, but until then, consciously embrace disruption, my friends.